Cortexin is an anti-aging nootropic comprised of over 35 different vitamins, amino acids, and essential minerals that you inject intramuscularly. Like Sarah Broslin, Cortexin is made up of various amino acids and neuropeptides. What makes it distinct from cerebroslin is that it has a lot more peptide fractions than amino acids. It's also important to note that cerebroslin comes exclusively from pig brains. That's right, as in oink oink. Whereas cortexin is extracted from the cerebral cortex of young cattle and pigs. To be honest, though, I think Cortexin is not likely the smart drug for you, and I'll explain why in this podcast. And I realize in this podcast, I'm going to keep saying Sarah Broslin, and because it's such a a long, uh, syllable-filled drug name, I think I'm going to start abbreviating abbreviating that too, Sarah Bro. Okay, let's talk about the scientific research on. Cortexin. There are, thir- there are 19 notable clinical trials done with Cortexin that yielded meaningful human research that you can find on PubMed. Probably the best study done on Cortexin was a double-blind, placebo-controlled, multi-center trial that included 270 patients suffering from ischemic stroke. And I'll quote it high efficacy and safety of cortexin in the complex treatment of patients with ischemic stroke has been shown. The results were confirmed by the pharmacoeconomic analysis of treatment tactics based upon estimation of net monetary benefit. Cortexin is recommended for treatment and rehabilitation of patients with ischemic stroke. The beneficial effects of cortexin were observed after just a 10-day course of treatment in that study. The most recent study was done in 2014 in Russia and evaluated cortexin's effect on those suffering from epilepsy. The researchers concluded there were the significant decrease in the frequency of seizures and the absence of failure of remission, the positive dynamics of electrophotographic pattern, as well as stopping of symptoms such as headache, non-systemic vertigo, asthenia, cognitive impairment, anxiety, and depression, along with arterial hypertension. Its applications in treating conditions that children are suffering from have also been studied. A 2012 study combined cortexin with microcurrent reflexotherapy, massage, and very simple gymnastics. The objective of the present study was to estimate the therapeutic efficacy of the combined treatment of infantile cerebral palsy by means of microcurrent reflexotherapy in combination with the neuroprotector cortexin. The study, which totaled 69 children, found that 60% of the children given the tripart treatment developed the ability to walk unassisted. Good for them. Another study of 60 children aged between 
7 to 12 years old, found that it improved the memory disorders of 86% of the children. So that's also pretty good. Another study compared treatment of cortexin to those suffering from chronic alcohol encephalopathy and polyneuropathy. Alcohol encephalopathy is a, is a liver disease that results from a thiamine deficiency. It's also referred to as Wernicke-Korskaskov syndrome. Polyneuropathy is a disease with a deleterious effect on peripheral nerves and on opposite sides of the body. So it would cause either pain, weakness, or numbness in both your left and right elbows, for example. And the study concluded, cortexin had the positive effect on clinical symptoms of encephalography uh, and electroneuromyography. Like a lot of the cortexin studies, it's not real specific about the helpful effect of the cortexin to the patients. It's just uh, generally uh, optimistic, apparently. One study done in Japan, uh, which compared cortexin to vinpatropil and nupept, which evaluated these nootropics in a group of otherwise healthy young people. And interestingly, the study classifies cortexin as an adaptogen, which is a fascinating class of performance-enhancing drugs that modulate our stress response beneficially. And it said cortexin is qualified as an adaptogen and actoprotector only for hypobaric hypoxia conditions. Hypoxia is a medical condition associated with low air pressure and lack of oxygen. So this study would suggest that cortexin increases oxygen utilization and is maybe a good drug for, hey, mountain climbers or athletes training at altitude or, you know, perhaps Navy SEALs that are spent sent on a secret assassination mission to assassinate the king of the civilization that Jar Jar Binks belonged to in Star Wars. Who knows? <laughs> the, uh, the study concluded. Therefore, all the drugs studied, which is uh, vinpatropil and cortexin, can be recommended as the agents producing activation, support, and recovery of the physical and psychological efficiency under rapidly changing environmental conditions. So that's kind of interesting, and that study is a little bit out of the norm because it was done on young, otherwise healthy people. Although I'm still just a bit confused because it was a Russian study, but it was done at a facility in Japan. I'll, I'll, I'll expand on my confusion. To, uh, to continue though, a 2013 study looked at its effects on open-angle glaucoma. Unfortunately, the abstract translated into English does not give many specifics about the dosage or helpful effects. Although on this one, I did find a P I, I did some of my ninja googling, and I did find a PDF in Russian of the study. So if 
Digalarishparuski, then you can go and check that out and you can understand it and <laughs> maybe tell me uh, if, it, if it says anything, anything really interesting. I'll move on to its Gabergic property. And Gaba is the devilish neurotransmitter that whispers in your ear. Hey, why not? What's the worst that could happen? And alcohol, phenibut, and many antidepressants are gobergics. This is why they can be fun to party on. To people who genuinely suffer from anxiety and chronic stress, gobergics can be a godsend of tranquility and calm. Cortexin is a very subtle gobergic, so it won't exactly make you want to dance to techno, but it will have a relaxing effect that can be very helpful to some. I'll mention mechanism of action. A well-translated Russian review nicely synopsizes its mechanisms. Cortexin is a com complex of polyseptide fractions penetrating the blood-brain barrier and affecting nervous cells. Cortexin has a neuroprotective effect and reduces toxic impact of psychotropic agents. Due to its oxidative action, Cortexin inhibits oxidative stress. The drug improves the bioelectrical activity of the brain. Mechanism of action of cortexin is determined by activation of neuronal peptides and neurotrophic cerebral factors, optimization of metabolic balance of excitatory and inhibitory amino acids, dopamine, serotonin, and gabergic action. Like I said, it has over 35 different ingredients, which include a bunch of amino acids, acids, a bunch of vitamins, and a bunch of different vitamins that I'll list on the article link below this if you really want to know what they are. They're, they're, for the most part, a lot of amino acids and vitamins and nutrients that you've, you've probably heard of. Let's talk about experiential. The consensus seems to be that it is a very subtle nootropic. Quote, I would say the effects are more obvious during the cycle after Sarah Broslin. It's more noticeable. I had better mood, especially during more demanding moments when I had some sleep deficits. Both are nothing like stimulants, but rather subtle natural nootropics with some anxiolytic effect. And one not exactly enthusiastic biohacker reported. Anyway, the first day of starting Cortexin, I would say nothing changed in terms of how I was feeling, i.e. like mixed feelings, apart from the normal subtle clarity. Plus, as I said, above the feeling of being overloaded, like maybe I had brain fog and also the normal clarity at the same time. And another biohacker reported, I hate gobergics. Taking cortexin, I hardly even gave a damn about anything. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could definitely feel enhanced focus at work, but I literally didn't give a shit about anything at all, which would have been counterproductive in the long run. I'll mention cofactors briefly. Some biohackers, uh, as I said, they mentioned combining it with Sarah Broslin. 
And then some have suggested stacking it with IGFLR3, which I'm really not familiar with. However, there's some well-reasoned objections to this. It's really probably not a good idea if you're if 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 you really want to know why I'll I'll link to the uh, post on longevity that goes into that. I'll mention usage and dosage. Many of the clinical trials and biohacker reports suggest a 10-day dosing cycle. So that's probably your your best bet. It, it is an injectable. The the best way to take cortexin is to inject it intramuscularly. So this would be like into your thigh, your butt, or another major muscle. In the different studies and places out there, you may find other mm, consumption methods uh, mentioned, but the, these all seem to be problematic for one reason for another. So if you're gonna do it, just go with injection. It's recommended that you have a medical professional show you how to do an, an injection or to very carefully follow some of the tutorials online about how to safely perform an injection. And I have a video that shows that very meticulously. And I'll mention dosage. It's pretty uniform at 10 milligrams daily. If you're taking it for cognitive enhancement purposes, 10 milligrams daily is what you'd want to go with. And then for polyneuropathy, alcohol, encephalopathy, and for epilepsy, 10 milligrams daily. And then with ischemic stroke, which is a more severe thing, you'd want to do 10 milligrams three times daily. So, so you'd up it in that in that situation if that's the, uh, the, the dire street that you're facing. And I'll mention side effects. With this one, they're notable. So the 10-day uh, study I recommended, I mentioned, where they were treating alcoholics concluded that the drug was well tolerated and no side effects were observed. So that's positive. However, several users have reported rather benign yet undesirable side effects of muscle fasciculation or small muscle spasms after taking it. And then there's also some reports of real nasty side effects when taking it nasally. So this one, I'm going to give it a risk grade of a C out of a, uh, you know, A plus to F scale. And here's why. It's an injectable drug, so it bypasses some of the natural filter mechanisms of the body. And you, you have to use needles, so clumsy, clumsy users should be careful with needles. It's been studied extensively in Russia, but lacks international studies that have been peer-reviewed and published in English, uh, in public open journals. So it just, it doesn't deserve anything higher than a C grade. It is not a low risk drug. I want to talk about Cortexin versus Cerebroslin because that's, most people are going to probably be looking at one or another. The first thing that a frugal biohacker will notice is that cortexin is quite a bit cheaper than Cerebro. Here's from a review out of St. Petersburg comparing the two drugs. Both drugs exhibited moderate psychoactivating effect. The effects, cortexin, the effects of cortexin were more pronounced compared to those of Cerebroslin in all tests. That's interesting. Overwhelmingly though, the user reports indicate that it's a lesser smart drug than 
Sarah Breslin, almost everyone who is, you know, a biohacker looking for performance enhancement was saying that Sarah Breslin was the best and that Cortexin was kind of a kind of a wimp. Ultimately, I think this is a case where you really get what you pay for. And again, Cortexin, a lot cheaper than Cerebro. I rigorously evaluated the risk profile of Cerebro in another article that I'll link to. And based upon a wealth of data, I really think that Cerebro is a better option for almost everyone. But, you know, who knows? Maybe there's people out there that have real special reasons why they are particularly interested in Cortexin, and if so, then RU Pharma uh, has will provide you a uh, the, the gold standard of uh, Cortexin available, uh, the pharmaceutical grade Cortexin. Here's my conclusion on this one. Cortexin was created in 1986 by a Russian military medical academy, so it's a relatively younger drug compared to, say, Thoracitims, but it's really failed to attract much attention from the international anti-aging research establishment or from the DIY self-quantifier biohacker type crowd online. It's 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 not you know the uh, the internet has made the biohacking and health space pretty merit meritocratic where the best things rise to the top and attract uh, the attention. Usually there's some exceptions, but, but usually things that are really good get attention. And this one, really, you just don't find a lot about, you just don't find a lot of, a lot of good information about it out there. The Japanese study that evaluated it in healthy people as a performance-enhancing adaptogen is interesting, but there's a lot of much safer and more proven adaptogens out there that work great and don't require jabbing yourself with a needle. In my view, Cortexin is for those who need it to treat a serious illness or biohackers who have really high risk tolerance and uh, demand for pharmacological novelty. I would not give it to my own babushka.